0: You are now listening to the podcast 82488. I'd never said such a thing to him in my life, and I sort of wanted him to come in and give me a slap or a hug. Something anyway. Instead, I heard him shuffle into the kitchen where the bottle of Gilbays would be waiting. He was asleep on the couch when I finally came out. The TV was still on, but muted. And that was a selection from today's novel, Fairy tale by author Stephen. I didn't know the rest of the bottle would be on the kitchen counter and another one in the liquor cabinet. I hated the slur in his voice. "Duck you, dad." I'd never said such a thing to him in my life, and I sort of wanted him to come in and give me a slap or a hug, something. Anyway, instead, I heard shuffle into the kitchen where the bottle of Gilbays would be waiting. He was asleep on the couch when I finally came out. The TV was still on but muted. It was some other black and white movie, this one featuring old cars racing around what was obviously a movie set. Dad always watched see him when he was drinking unless I was home and insisted on something else the bottle was on the coffee table mostly empty I poured what was left down the sink I opened the liquor cabinet and thought about pouring away everything else but looking at the gin the whiskey the vodka nips That just made me tired. You wouldn't think a 10 year old could be tired like that, but I was. I put a Stouffer's frozen dinner in the microwave for supper. Grandma's chicken bake, our favorite, and it shook him awake while it was cooking. He sat up, looked around like he didn't know where he was, then started to make these horrible chugging sounds I'd never heard before. He wove his way to the bathroom with his hands over his mouth, and I heard him puking. It seemed to me like it would never stop, but eventually it did. The microwave I got the chicken bake out using the oven mitts that said good cooking on the left and good eating on the right. You forget to use those mitts once while you're taking something hot out of the zapper and you never forget again. I blobbed some on our plates and then went into the living room where Dad was sitting on the couch. His head down and his hands laced together on the back of his neck. Can you eat? Page 24. Her first, then you calling. I said, I looked up at the porch. I could see the door, but I don't think he would have been able to reach the knob without getting up on his good knee, which I doubted he'd have been able to do. Mr. Bowditch followed my gaze. Dog door, he said. Thought maybe I could crawl through. He grimaced. I don't suppose you have any painkillers, do you? Aspirin or something stronger, playing sports and all. I shook my head. Faint. Very faint. I could hear a siren. What about you? Do you have any? He hesitated, then nodded. Inside, go straight down the hall. There's a little bathroom off the kitchen. I think there's a bottle of Emberin in the medicine cabinet. Don't touch anything else. I won't. I knew he was old and in pain. But I was still a little cheesed off by the implication. He reached out and grabbed my shirt. Don't snoop. I pulled away. I said I won't. I went up the steps. Mr. Bowditch said, Radar, go with. Radar limped up the stairs. cut in the bottom panel. She followed me down the hall, which was dim and sort of amazing. One side was stacked with old magazines done up in bundles that were tied with hay rope. I knew of some, like Life and Newsweek, but there were others. Colliers, Dig, Confidential that I'd never heard of. The other side was stacked with books, most of them old and with that smell that old books have. Probably not everyone likes that smell, but I do. It's musty, but good must. The kitchen was full of old appliances, the stove a hot point, the sink Porcelain with rust rings from our hard water, the faucet with those old timey spoke handles, the floor linoleum so worn I couldn't tell what the pattern was. But the place was neat as a pin. There was one plate and one cup and one set of silverware knife, fork, spoon, and the strainer that made me feel sad there was a clean dish on the floor with radar printed around the rim and that made me feel sad too I went into the bathroom which was not much bigger than a closet nothing but a toilet with the lid up and more rust rings around the bowl Page 88. He showed me how he could walk to the bathroom, leaning on those arm sleeve crutches for all he was worth. It obviously hurt him, and when he came back from taking a leak, his forehead was wet with sweat, but I was encouraged. He might need the urinal with its long and somehow baleful neck for night calls. But it looked good for avoiding the bedpan. As long as he didn't fall in the middle of the night and break his leg all over again, that was. I could see the muscles in his scrawny arms trembling with every lunging step. He sat down on the bed with a sigh of relief. Can you help me with the..." He gestured at the ironmongery encasing his leg. I lifted the leg with the fixator, and when it was stretched out he sighed again and asked for a couple of pills from the Dixie Cup on his night table. I gave them to him, poured some water from his pitcher, and down they went his Adam's apple bobbing in his wrinkled neck like a monkey on a stick. They switched me from the morphine pump to this, he said. Oxycontin. The doctor says I'll get hooked if I'm not already and I'll have to kick the habit. Right now, that seems like a fair trade. Just walking to the bathroom feels like a ducking marathon. I could see that, and the bathroom at his house was further from the rollout. He might be needing the bedpan after all, at least to begin with. I went into the bathroom, wet down a washcloth, and wrung it out. When I bent over him, he pulled back. Here, here. What do you think you're doing? Getting the sweat off you. Hold still. We never know when the turning points come in our relationship with others, and it was only later that I realized that was one for us. He held back a moment longer, then relaxed a little, and allowed me to wipe his brow and cheeks. Feeling like a ducking baby, You're paying me, let me earn my ducking money. That made him chuckle. A nurse peeked in the door and asked if he needed anything. He said he didn't, and when she was gone, he told me to close the door. This is where I ask you to stand up for me, he said, at least until I can stand up for myself, and Radar, too. You ready to do that, Charlie? The End Fairy Tale Stephen King Throughout the flight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers eight.
1: 80 and the number 8